On this episode, Nick Ross joins us and he explains how he transitioned from cancer to bodybuilding. He also goes into his take on how health actually leads to wealth. And as always, stay tuned at the end where we discuss his philosophy on building his wealth muscle. If this episode helps you in any way, please do us a favor, share it with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. How's it going, everybody? Uh, Welcome back to Build Your Wealth Muscle. If this is your first time listening, there's two show formats the solo episodes where we do, where I go basically by myself pretty deep into areas of finance, tax, wealth management, specifically for the online fitness coach. Then we also bring on expert guests like we have today that will go into areas that I do not have expertise, whether it's the sales marketing side or a colleague of yours that is just sharing their successes and challenges. But today we're joined with Nick Ross, the host of Circle the, Circle the W. Yes. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity for coming on and chatting today. Absolutely. So a couple of things, it's it's pretty cool to go back in. I know you and I are both Eagles fans. Are you from Philly? Just north of it, the Pocono Mountains. So like uh, Poconos is like 45 minutes west of New York City and like 90 minutes north of Philly. Jersey's right there. So like you get like the whole <laughs> environment, like <laughs> all in one little uh, country town on top of a mountain. That's awesome. I went to school in Scranton. So yeah. Uh-huh. Are you, did you go to uh college in PA? I did not. I went down to uh, Florida. So I grew up on a, on a, like a 75 acre horse farm in Northeast Pennsylvania, like kind of outside Amish country. And I shoveled horse shit my whole life. So for like 18 <laughs> years, I worked my rear end off on a massive horse farm with about 25 horses. So as soon as I graduated high school, I was out and I have not been back to the horse farm since. Yeah, Do your parents still live there? No, we, they, my, my family's relocated to like North Michigan and North Kentucky, still in the horse industry. Uh, but obviously I, I don't have to muck stalls anymore. So happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know some of your backstory cause I followed you on and I listened to your podcast. Tell us a little bit about, how you got your background, how you got into fitness. Yeah. Like a lot of people, um, just upset with what I was looking at in the mirror. I believe wholeheartedly that we only change painful problems when the current state of pain exceeds the perceived pain of change. And so for me, this defining moment in my life was at the age of 32. I had no hair on my head because I had just got done with two months of chemotherapy, five days a week, eight hours a day, every other week for two months. It was the heaviest amount of chemotherapy that they could give a 32-year-old man. And what they told me was uh, I had stage two cancer attached to my lymphatic system, which is the drainage system and the highway to all my other organs. And they're like, hey, man, we have to nuke you with chemo because your cancer tumor 
uh, is made up of multiple different types of cancer cells. And there's three different types of cancer cells in that tumor. Two of them were just killers. They were rare, they were aggressive, and they were designed to kill. And they have this highway system to my organs. Mind you, I'm 32 and uh, not very consequential at this part of my life. Like had some trophies, had some wins, but those things were dusty. And I had not really, you know, I was looking at dying an inconsequential man. Really wanted had it mounted to anything at that point in my life. And I ballooned up in weight uh, because you're getting so much saline and so much drugs pumped into these massive bags of IV that I just like ballooned up in weight. At this point, I was like 265 pounds, no hair. Like, Are, is that like, was it fat as well because you didn't, weren't able to move around or was just really just a lot of fluid? It, it was just fluid and inflammation and just like puffiness. Um, you know, they, they tell you like, and maybe they just told me this to be nice. They're like, oh, people don't throw up anymore and they don't get sick. Like, no, I threw up every day, all the time, just over and over and over again, nonstop. Like everyone has different, depending on the chemotherapy drugs, everyone has different side effects, but like also just like constant watering of the mouth, like just nonstop. Like I would have to like spit up into a bucket. So like just spitting out electrolytes all day, it, it's just a terrible situation. It's so it's just poison, right? And so Jeez. that moment, uh, I'd never been to the gym. I had no idea what a macronutrient was. I had no idea how to read a food label. Like I was an athlete. I, I was farm strong, but like I, I, I was uh, my whole entire 20s. I would live like a rock and roll lifestyle. I worked in the music industry. I moved all over the country. I drank. I smoked a pack of reds every day. Like, hey, I probably deserved this to what I did to my body in my 20s. What happened at 32? But to answer your question, how did I get into nutrition and fitness? Well, it's from that day. And I remember looking in the mirror and for the first time in my, in my life, not recognizing the man staring back at me. And that was wow. the moment in my life where I had an absolute identity crisis, where I realized that the hardest thing that you're about to do in your life, Nick, is to ask for help. Because, man, it's easy. We can ask for love. We can ask for understanding, but man, it's really hard for us to ask for help sometimes. And I knew this uh, girl in my life, she was just like fit and active. And I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, I need some help. I want to take care of this body. I want to take care of myself for the first time in my life. What do I need to do? She's like, oh, well, I know this nutrition coach. You should talk to him. I'm like, what the hell is a nutrition coach? It's like, oh, it's online. I'm like, huh? What does that even mean? Like, it so, it so happened to be that this online nutrition coach who ended up being my nutrition coach for four years um, was also local here in Nashville where I, where I live. So he became my nutrition coach, my best friend. We ended up becoming business partners on a couple of ventures and ended up uh, establishing a really great relationship for quite some time. And that was my first introduction. But man, I was broke. I had no money. I was, I had insurance, but still to the tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills. Um, so I just went all in at that moment in myself and I, I hired an online nutrition coach. He gave me a plan. And for a guy like me, I, I just, I'm, I'm very coachable. Like if you say A, B and C and do this, then I did that. And within, within the first 90 days, I lost like 60 pounds. And, fr and from there it was on. Yeah. And that's, so how old were you said you got cancer at 32? Mm -hmm. How long was the recovery until you were able to start exercising? It was, it was, it was just about 11 months. So 
Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer in March 24th of 2016. And by February of uh, 2017, I had started. Yep. Got it. Wow. And so from... Did you... mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. From there, uh, it just became like, hey, let's get you lean for summer. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I can see my abs for the first time in my life. And I'm like 33 now. (laughs) And uh, then my coach was like, Hey, well, you kind of have a knack for this. Uh, you did everything that uh, I told you to do all summer long. But what I didn't tell you is what I put you through this summer was a, basically a prep for a bodybuilding competition. <laughs> and so he's like, I just wanted to see if you like you could handle it because he got me really lean. And after that, he's like, hey, you know, you you have some good genetics here. You, you're coachable. I think I think you should try competing in men's physique bodybuilding. Um, and I started that journey three and a half years ago, um, and still chasing it. And like now I'm, I'm going to be 39 here, uh, in a couple of weeks and I'm still chasing my, my pro card. I'll probably be 40 when I get it. And that will be kind of the full circle moment from chemo war to, to turning pro. And that's a dream that I'm trying to, to absolutely bring to light. That's amazing. So what are you, um, in prep right now? No, I'm in off-season mode currently. My coach currently is Matt Jansen from, a lot of people know Matt. He's one of the most popular bodybuilding coaches out there, part owner of Revive and Raw Nutrition. But my last show was Junior Nationals in June of 2000, well, this year, 2022. But uh, I will not compete again until December of 2023. I have quite a long off-season, a lot of feedback. So, Would you ever switch into like one of the classic categories? Yeah, I, like the I, I love classic physique posing, like the statuesque, like posing of that, like the whole Arnold era. All of that to me is incredibly enticing. I just know as like a 40 year old and, and like getting into this at like 34 is like when I really took bodybuilding seriously, the amount of time it's going to take me to turn pro on the quad growth. Like I, it's just like, uh, it's, there's a lot there. And I, there's other things I also want to accomplish in my life. So for men's physique and what I, what I enjoy, um, that's, that's what I'm going after. That's so cool. Well, good luck. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. I feel like I've just, I'm starting to understand it now, but that's one of the cool things about Vegas. So many people compete out here. It's really, and especially at my gym, it's really been cool to watch people prepare. It's so much more work than I thought. Like I knew that it was hard work with, you have to exercise, you have to diet. The amount of posing that I see people doing, I that part I totally underestimated. I mean, people, I don't know how long you were, but I see people posing like 30, 40, an hour after every workout. I was like, that's yeah, that's if you more if you talk to really high level posing coaches, they'll tell you that's too much. Like you need Oh, really? You need time. You have to like practice, but you need space in between the practice so you can like learn and adjust and get feedback. Like you're constantly over overly posing and you're constantly stressing the muscle and you just worked out. Like it, I, I don't think it's, it's a healthy thing to do like practice and have a practice routine for posing, but to do it for hours on end after a workout, I, I don't, I don't think that's necessary five days a week. That's good to know at least, I mean, for people listening, but um, for me, I didn't know that because I've, I just figured that's a huge time commitment to have to do that almost every day. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, especially when you're depleted, you're hungry, you're tired. When you're posing, 
it it hurts. Like you, people might not realize that when you're that depleted, especially down to the last couple of weeks of your prep, you know, carbohydrates are so low, water so low, salt so high, your workouts are you're like, you know, walking up the stairs is a business decision. You're like, oh, I gotta get up top of these <laughs> stairs. Every you know, every interaction is incredibly difficult. Like every conversation, it's hard to connect yeah. with people. You know, when, you know, like I, I forget the stat off the top of my head, but it's something like 70% of the brain's energy comes from carbohydrates. So when your carbohydrates are that low, it's really hard to be cognitively sharp and communicate with people in those last two weeks. For me, that's the hardest thing. Because the people that love you still want to communicate with you, but you, you're just like, you literally do have such a mental fog. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's like exhausting to have like an intellectual or deep or meaningful conversation with people beyond like, yeah, I got to go eat. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. So tell us how that's how you transition into enjoying fitness. Tell us how you transitioned into making it part of your new career. Yeah, that's actually a, a very good question. Um, after the farm, as I told you, I'd like jetted off the college to the farm. My love at that time was music, but I damn well couldn't play an instrument because I was an athlete my whole <laughs> life. So I went to school to become a recording engineer, went to college in Orlando, moved to Hollywood and got a, got really lucky, like right off the bat, got a job like right on Sunset Boulevard at like this music shop that I didn't deserve to work at. And I really got trained by some of the best salespeople in Hollywood at their craft of building, designing, recording studios and live format, sound systems for events, et cetera. And I was thrown directly at the age of 21 into the fire of sales and commission-based sales. So from the moment I graduated college till still to today, so 18 years later, the only industry that I have ever worked in is sales besides shoveling horse shit. Um, and sales might be that as well too. So who knows? Uh, but I've only ever been in sales and only recently, the last two years have I worked uh, for NCI, the nutritional coaching Institute as a sales director and their sales coach. But previous to that, all of my time was in as a sales professional sales manager and a sales director, uh, in the music industry. And the last I'll say five years of that. And I was in that for almost 16 years. I worked for one company for 15 years. The last five years of it was groundhog day for me. It, it was just like, I had reached the levels that I could in the position and the awards and the accolades and the historical revenue producing and the profit, like every KPI, everything like I've, I had smashed it all. Um, I had great, amazing opportunities for leadership because I was running crews of like 20 to 35 people at a time in sales. Um, so I loved it for all of those reasons, but the stress of that, like my cancer can't, um, there's no cause and effect. There's not, oh, you, you smoke cigarettes. You got lung cancer. Um, you ate like a jerk your whole life. You got prostate cancer. Uh, you chewed tobacco, you got throat or lip cancer. Uh, I had testicular cancer. There's no real cause and effect that they know of why that happens. Right. And so kind of like brain cancer. But if you look at a graph of stress rising in America from the 1960s to present day, and then you take the a same graph from the 1960s to present day of cancer, and you line those two graphs up on top of each other, they're nearly identical at the wow. rate of rise in America. Stress and cancer, you know, I'm not some tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist here. 
I have no actual scientific proof of what caused my cancer, but I have my own beliefs. And I do believe that the overall stress of my lifestyle, smoking, partying, going out, saying yes to every occasion, every birthday party, every two for one, every taco Tuesday, like every Sunday brunch and Sunday Friday, fun day, I said yes to. And the stress of that and the job and the environment and all of the things that I was unhappy about, I do believe collectively caused the cancer, which was this great wake up call that God grabbed me by the neck and say, hey, young man, you need to wake up and start paying attention because if you keep living this lifestyle, you're going to die an inconsequential man. There will be no rippling of who you are throughout eternity if you continue on this path of this imposter and this person that you're not even designed to be. And I'm very, at this point in my life, thankful, like, thank you, cancer, for, for giving me what I needed to understand to finally take care of myself. But all of that, the cancer, the getting out of that career kind of all blended into each other. And as I found my nutrition coach, uh, he also owned a gym here in Nashville. And so I was a general manager of a very large music store in Nashville. He had this gym. And so what I did is to pay him forward for what he had done for me, I wanted to pay him back. So I would go there after work from the, the nine to five, or I'd go there on the weekends and I would, I would help their general manager. Uh, they didn't have a sales department. So I built out all their, their, their KPI sheets, their lead trackers. I helped them with marketing. I helped them a little bit with ads. I helped them with some customer service things. I helped them with, uh, offer creation and the pricing and the life, um, the, the upsell opportunities and the touch points and the website and the client journey. Like, cause all of those things I had learned from the previous 15 years of, of leadership and management, general management, and just running very large 40,000 uh, square foot brick and mortar retailers. And that I just did that for years. And in return, I got something, I got payback too. I got to learn about an industry that I finally wanted to go work for. And so I eventually met my future boss, Jason Phillips on a podcast um, called the excellence cartel. And I heard this guy on there and he was brilliant and he aligned and I loved the things that he was talking about. And he was on my coach's podcast and my coach was like, Hey, he's also happens to be coming to Nashville and they have an event. We should go to the event. And so I was like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know if I can go. I, I have to work this job that I hate and I, I I'm out of, <laughs> I'm out of vacation days. And oh, by the way, I'm, I had to work Saturdays. I worked Saturdays for 15 years. You know how much that sucks? Like and driving to a place on a Saturday when all your friends are having fun and at the games. And so I, I the event was on a Saturday. I had to work for on a Saturday. I couldn't go. And I almost blew the greatest opportunity in my life. I almost didn't go to that event. Now, I never went to any seminar or conference or anything like that in my life in my industry. We're freaking musicians. We don't care about that stuff. Like <laughs> we, we went and met at the bar. Like that was, those were our, our events, right? And so I went to this like, nutrition uh, and fitness conference in Nashville a few years back. And I was just like blown away. I'd never been to anything like this. We're talking about lead gen, lead nurture, you know, frameworks from expert secrets and different marketing strategies and sales and all of these concepts. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And I'm in the room with like all these great people who I didn't even know at the time. And I'm the guy in the beginning and like sitting in the front row, like completely ignorant to actually what is going on. And I'm asking all the dumb questions. <laughs> I'm just asking all, cause that's what I do. I, in the spirits, in the spirit of ignorance, I, I always want to be the fool in the room. 
there's a great quality to being the fool in the room. And so I was the fool. And I just asked and I asked and I asked. And the guy who's giving the presentation was Jason Phillips. And so at the end of it, um, it was a blessing to me. My coach hired Jason to help him with his gym here in Nashville. And Jason helped mentor and coach me for six months, helped the gym, had great gains, a lot of great success and implementation by that their staff. I give them all the credit. And they had a bunch of success. And at the end of that six months of working with Jason uh, as a, you know, as a client to him, he asked me to come be his sales director at the end of that. Uh, and that was in the beginning of January of 2021. Um, wow. and yeah, he asked me to come on, uh, to, to actually to do sales and to, to manage the sales department. And that immediately turned into, Oh, by the way, uh, you're really good at sales coaching. So you're going to be our sales coach. And I eventually became the sales director and we do events. And he also gave me an opportunity for, public speaking and to coach sales on a much broader scale, which I'm like forever grateful for, because those are all things that I had aspired and eventually wanted to do one day. That's amazing, Nick. Thank you, man. Wow. And so that, so your entry into his business was during the pandemic. You said it was like 2021. Yeah. So uh, the pandemic was, this would have been February. This would have been, July of 2020. Because it sounds yeah. like you've been July 2020 when he was helping out your coach's gym would have been in the peak of pandemic. Yeah, right? it was like, the pandemic. Yep, that's correct. And so, yeah, that's the other remarkable fact. All of those <laughs> things happened and they, they hit a historical membership rate in the face of the pandemic from actually yeah. utilizing proper uh, paid social that we just drove traffic from Google and Facebook, you know, pixels, things of that nature to the website uh, and just created um, basically very simple video ads from the membership. So we got really high quality videographer to come in and do very professional edits and quick um, wide, wide uh, angles, uh, not vertical film, but wide angle filmed testimonials from our clients. And they were just so real because our the the best part of that gym, there's many great parts, but the community there, and I know every gym says that, but really this place has a different, it's called Iron House Strength and Conditioning here in Nashville. And the community there is absolutely amazing. And so we use these testimonial videos uh, and paid traffic and ran it to a, a free, I forget if it was a free month. I think it was a free month. Like come in, get a free month. That was on the backside of an offer, pay in full for six months or a year. But we got people in with free value. And the real win there is actually that made that whole entire thing work is, is, is in a business you have. And I, I think this comes from uh, Good to Great, the book by Jim Collins, but the hedgehog concept and the hedgehog concept, basically, I'm not going to go through the metaphor, but the, from a business uh, analogy, it's find what you do better than anyone else. And then just double down on that. Just do that and be the best at it. And what I noticed is what I was helping is the general manager, Thera gave the most amazing tours of the gym because she's such a charismatic leader. She's got, she doesn't come in overly like effervescent. I'm trying to be your best friend. And actually she's kind of like assertive and disagreeable with people and like calls them out on their shit. And I was listening to her give these tours and I'm like, this is amazing. So the concept was get people in the gym and in the door and get Thera to do the, the tour. Now, obviously Thera couldn't do every tour. She was the general manager. So then we, we had, we taught the other people 
uh, working the door and the other um, like part-time associates there to do the same tour, which was do what Thera's doing and model that, right? And like, if someone does something very well, then model what they're doing, like repeat the actions. And so uh, there's just so many things that came together, but overwhelmingly it was establishing an, a great offer that resonated. Money was an issue at the time. So what's the solution to that? We'll give them a free month. Well, if they want a free month, then let's incentivize them to not pay month to month. Let's incentivize them if they piff, pay in full for a discount for six months. Or like they sell a lot of year-long contracts because they incentivize people. And they don't go, well, you can buy the 12-month for 1000 the six-month for 600 or if you'd like to, you can buy it for $55 a month for 12 months. They don't do that. You know, well, I need to think about it because you just gave me three options. So obviously I need to think about it. Like, no, you know, what everyone signs up for, and by the way, we incentivize you to do this, but what most people pick is the six month offer. Now, if you want to save a few extra bucks, then we also have the 12 month and you give them an A and a B, like bam, bam. So that was just, I don't know what they're doing currently, but that helped them at that point in time during the pandemic. And uh, for a long time, it's not like, it's not that you want businesses to ever go out of business, but like, at that point, other comp other places were going out of business because they couldn't adapt. They could not quickly figure out how to pivot, get awareness, turn that awareness into leads, get those leads into the gym. Then having a gym that's actually clean and and uh, like because at that point that was very important, right? Sure. Having everything sanitized and all the things and all the wipes and so like just making sure all that was by the book. All the signs were up. People felt comfortable. So. All of that went into a massive win for them and it continues to win for them, but also allowed a springboard for me to transition out of one industry into the industry that I always wanted to work in, nutrition, because I honestly in my heart believe there's no greater industry to work in. Nutrition changes people's life. I see it happen every day. I see people change their nutrition, which changes their body, which changes their confidence, which changes their identity, which changes the internal dialogue in their life and in their mind. And then it starts to spiritually heal them. And they start to create a new identity and go on and be like, now we're better, more productive at work. So we just got to raise. I, I'm feeling better about myself and I'm attracting, you know, the people that I want in my life. Uh, I feel sexy and confident. So the sex life and the marriage has never been better. You know, like these things start sprouting up in every single area of our life just because we started to understand what we're putting in our mouth actually affects what's in our brain. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and especially post-COVID, I feel like everyone is more fitness conscious now based on everything we've just been told by the media for the last two years. It's like, well, hey, the people who are doing the best are the ones who are just actually healthy, not, I mean, again, this is my particular views, the people who are actually putting in the work versus putting in medicines or pharma, yeah, I think are doing a lot better. Yeah. I mean, we all knew quickly from there. I mean, I don't say that because that sounds really ignorant. Now we know now, we know now is like <laughs> the majority of people died, died because of comorbidities, hypertension, diabetes, and high blood pressure, right? Or I think I, I'm doubling one of them. I've read the third one, but all of those relate to nutrition, <laughs> You know, at the time, at the time COVID was going on, 54% of Americans were obese. Uh, two thirds of Americans were overweight. You know, so I mean, like nutrition plays a huge part. You and I are the, about the same age. Um, it was only for the last two years that the term morbidly obese, they were saying was not true. Like for always growing up, it was, you were morbidly obese on purpose. That, that term was used because 
you could die from things that wouldn't impact someone who's leaner or healthier, whatever the case may be. It was only during COVID when they're like, oh, that it's not from being morbidly obese. It's from not having the jab or whatever. And it's like, come on. Yeah, we just like, we'll just change like, just change the words. We're real good at that nowadays yeah, and the meaning like, of words. Yeah. So we'll just take the morbid awesome, that, that, the more the morbid part out of it. The fact that you're gonna die. <laughs> we'll just remove that so it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. So I, I feel like the industry as a whole is uh is going to benefit for years to come because I think a lot of people woke up and were like, hey, the best thing I can do for myself is not be morbidly obese. And I'm obviously I'm not using that in a derogatory way, but like if you're really worrying about your health, I think future issues shine a light on it. Yeah. Just being lean. I'll even argue if you're worrying about your wealth, you should be worrying about your health because your health is your ultimate wealth. You want to make more, you want to do more, you want to be more, you want to be the best version of yourself. Then you need to take care of your nutrition. Like just think about this for a second. Like the three things that affect us as human beings most on earth and will like narrow down the scope to America is one finances. Who the hell is teaching you that in school? No one knows shit about finances. And it's the number one thing that affects our lives in this world <laughs> Two, government, like besides your social studies class or that one class that you had maybe in high school that taught you the, you know, the, the, the three branches of government, people really don't even understand how anyone's elected in this country. And then the third thing that no one teaches you about is nutrition. But yet yep. everyone has contempt for these topics and yet they have no idea about any of them. And for me, I still, I throw my hands up about the government thing. Like I, I understand the inner workings, but I really don't care because I'm not gonna allow that shit to affect me uh, externally. But the other two, yeah, I've been investing a lot of time, especially with a second chance at life on those two aspects, like health and then wealth, because those things are what creates legacy for the people who I care most about, which is one, I want to be here to make sure my kids and my grandkids, and I want to watch all that happen. So I need to take care of my health to see that. But also I want to make sure that they have every resource that they could ever possibly have. And that I build a financial wall that's impenetrable around them while I am living. So they remember daddy and the things that he accomplished. And so hopefully some great, great grandkid someday says, well, good old great, great, great grandpappy Ross. Thank God he, <laughs> he he changed the family curse. And like those are the only two things that I really care about. To be completely honest, that's, that's so true. And I think the misconception that a lot of people have—I don't know the specifics—but the top five reasons that people can't work and end up on disability—they're all very common things. So it's like it's like back pain, depression. It's not what people think, like falling off a ladder and stuff like that. It's it's very common things that are tied back to taking care of yourself. Um, and those are what people get knocked out of the workforce. And if you're running your own fitness business, like it's really hard to service your clients. If you have some of those top three or four reasons that you can't work and can't bring in revenue. Yeah. The, so the, it's the back pain is interesting too. And I, I don't want to minimize back pain because it's some of the worst physical pain that you can go through. I was born with uh uh, like pretty bad scoliosis. Like it's, if you looked at a picture, a uh, x-ray of my spine, it's like got some real bad uh, uh, creaks and like it's crooked, like an S. And so I suffered from back pain my whole entire life, especially from shoveling all that horse shit. Um, and guess what? 
as soon as I started working out and doing weight-based training, now, yeah, I tweaked my back a few times learning how to do deadlifts and things like that out of ignorance, but my lower back health has never been better, and I'm older than ever, and I have no lower sciatic pain or no lower back pain, once again, cured from nutrition and some weight-based resistance training. Yeah. That, luckily, the, the people listening, you know, I think we're preaching to the choir because they're all in the fitness space, but I but I totally agree with you. The, for the average person, like I, I'm in the same way. I've always had a lo bad lower back, and it's gotten better when I stopped avoiding it. I used to avoid leg day, lower back day, all that stuff. And then finally I started to, and my back's been better since I like started deadlifting, even though I started had to deadlift the bar for like, I think nine months, but like mm -hmm. until I got the form and the little muscles going, but yeah, it's funny how the back pain is worse when you do nothing versus yeah. working it hard. Yeah. I think honestly, the most underrated piece of equipment in a gym is the reverse hyper. Like it is so great for lower back pain and uncompressing the, the lower spine. It's been a miracle worker. That's awesome. Um, so dive into Circle the W. When did that start? Was that is that yours specifically? Is that part of NCI? No, Circle the W is is a methodologies that I learned on my own path of self development. Um, when I first started losing the weight, I, I needed some kind of accountability system. Um, when I was getting into chemo, I was in those chemo wards for eight hours a day. So I would listen to a lot of audio. At that time in my life, I got into two really big podcasts that most people listening to this will know about, which is the Ed Milet podcast and then Andy Frazella podcast, which back then was called the MF CEO. And I found Andy at the time and Andy had this methodology for getting results called the five critical tasks for winning the day. Something the power like, list. The power list. Yes. And so I started the power list. And, and on that calendar, I was like, I was circling the W and I was like that methodology to me, like the circling of that W and having that calendar up on the, on the wall is stacking those wins. I was so proud of that because I got my fat five tasks done, which was like, make my bed, drink a gallon of water, do your cardio plan, do your workout plan and eat your, let's say macro plan and eat, eat the, the macro numbers you need to hit for the day. When I got those five things done, then I won the day, went up the calendar, and I circled a W for the win for that day. And that methodology worked wonders for me. I used it for over a year to like literally transform to start reading, to start acquiring knowledge, start podcasting, like creating content. I used it for so many self-development things in my life. And then at the same time, uh, I was I found I had found Tony a long time ago, but I really got into Tony Robbins' work. And one of his frameworks that he teaches for helping people um, build confidence and change their identity is this framework called RPM, which is results, purpose, massive action plan. And that had helped me for a long time. So when I got back into bodybuilding uh, or not back into when I got into bodybuilding, I, I wanted a framework, which is defi defined as a systemized process to get me a consistent result, but also to lower my anxiety because I'm hyper competitive, this alpha person that... I feel unworthy if I don't have evidence criteria that I won. Like if I can look over at my, my five critical tasks to win the day and I get them all done, then I'm fine, dude. My head can hit the pillow at the end of the night and I'm, and I'm good. I can go to bed and not stress about, did you do enough? You know? And it became a methodology that uh, as I got into motivational speaking and sharing my story, I started showing more people it and how to use it. And it's really 
just a methodology from Andy Frazella and a methodology from Tony Robbins that I just blended together to help people get clarity of their goals, to find an emotional driver so they stop showing up short on the doorstep of opportunity in their goals. Uh, get a massive action plan, which is your five critical tasks for winning the day. And then you have to choose to win today. That's what it's all about. We know this, talking to a bunch of highly motivated people, but no one's in time travel. No one's lived in the past. No one's ever traveled to tomorrow. We've only lived here today. Like, that's very simple. You can only live today. It's the only day you've ever lived. And so you have to make a choice to win a day or win today. So it's really a methodology uh, rooted in a lot of like NLP, neuro linguistics programming, to help encourage the changing of one's identity, right? Because the old identity of Nick Ross, the party animal, the bachelor, single rock and roll lifestyle I live, that identity could not support a professional pro card and bodybuilding, right? And so what I help people do is to kill that old identity while simultaneously getting the evidence criteria, the result and reward for encouraging the habits and behaviors that they want in their life so they can get the result. And so it's just really an algorithm for success. It's just a methodology to stack wins in your life. I think that's awesome because I love the, like I listened to all the Andy Frisella podcasts. And when I did 75 hard, I was talking to people. I need to read his book because I haven't read that yet, but I did struggle with trying to figure out how the power list works because sometimes people are like, oh, you have to do the 75 hard items in the power list. And some people are like, no, it's it's three tasks outside of that. I still don't know if I have a crystal clear on what it was. That's when I, when I heard yours, I liked the way you framed it because it also I feel like it gave you not permission, but permission, I guess, not to beat yourself up when you don't circle the W. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, you can still win the week if you missed Sunday or something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. The so thing, like, that well, was cool. the, here's the thing about 75 hard. And I think it's cool. I have friends that do it. I'm not doing it cause I'm a bodybuilder and it means doing things that's out of my bodybuilding routine, like doing too much cardio or working out too much. Like I can't, yeah. I can't do that. I have to have rest and recovery. But the thing that kind of like, and I've been to first form. I've met Andy. He's like my idol. Like I damn near cried when I shook his hand because he literally helped change my life. And I'm out here serving others from things I learned from him. Uh, and I, his brand and his company is like the pinnacle of our industry. Like everyone wants to first form culture of their, at their job. Um, but it's just the, the, it's not sustainable. Like, like one of the problems in the health and fitness industry is that we get, you know, nutrition coaches get people who have been conditioned for failure by restrictive diets. And the problem with restrictive diets are they not, they're not sustainable. And I almost yeah. feel that way about 75 hard. Like, yeah, there's a lot of tough ass David Goggins people out there that want to do that stuff and Hey, go, go for it. But like for other people who can't even get evidence criteria of the wins around them, like not everyone's like this alpha person ready to ball out as hard as they can for 75 days. I've created something where there's more room for error, but that error is allowed for feedback. You know, like it, as long as you have more wins for the week than you have losses, like you can't have four L's in a week and three wins. No, you lost that week. Like yeah. that, but now you can look and look at the L's and let's have a real conversation. Yo, you just lost four days in a row. Why? Because you left work 
on Friday. You went out, you met the guys for the game, you had drinks, you woke up the next morning, you felt like shit. And then next thing we know, it's Tuesday of next week, and we're still feeling anxious about not accomplishing anything. And so this is for more of that. So like, yes, there's going to be some losses, but let's extract the feedback from it and let's grow. What are your thoughts? Because this is one of the things I struggled with. And one of my buddies at in my same office complex, we talked about time because we were doing 75 hard at the same time. When it comes to the, the tasks, can you change your tasks in the middle of the day and still win the day? And, he, and here's what I mean, because I would sometimes be like, okay, I'm going to do these like three things or four things or whatever it was. And then the one thing took like, I thought it was going to take an hour. It took three. And I was like, Really glad it got done. It was a big check off, but I'm like, shit, now I'm out of time for the other two. Can you substitute? Sometimes I felt like I was like substituting in easier things. I'm like, all right, I was going to do this tomorrow, but these are easier. I'm going to do them today. And then do you circle the W or? Not not in my methodology, no. Okay. Uh, I don't know enough about 75 hard. I really like after it converted off of the MF CEO, I, I honestly, I stopped listening as much uh, just to be completely honest. Um the real AF isn't is just not the same format as that yeah. old one. So, he's bringing it back. Just yeah, he's bringing back MSCEO. Cool, which I loved. Um, and that methodology, it well, in that methodology, to my knowledge, which we'll go back to the power list. I'm not that familiar with 75 hard. No, you could not change in the middle of the day on that power list. The reason why on mine, circling the W, you can't change those five critical action steps for the day is because those five steps in our methodology reinforces one massive goal that you're trying to obtain in the service right. in the service of someone else. So like you can't say I need to do all five of these things so I can become a professional bodybuilder so I can keep a promise I made to my mom when I was an eight year old boy about becoming a professional athlete. That means a lot to me. Like, no, I can't not do the work required that day. That doesn't reinforce the big goal. And so, yeah, the work's got to get done. But the cool thing is, is like you can get them done in two, three hours, then shit, go have a good time. Go down to Nashville and Broadway, go boot scooting and, and have a good time, right? Like go do that. You won the day. That's fine. Cool. Now you don't have to beat yourself up. And that's also part of the evidence criteria. That's what most people lack. And so they don't even know if they're winning or losing. They're just kind of guessing, which creates a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I know for me that the challenge has been... um like I try to put business tasks on there because I'm pretty disciplined with the eating and the the fitness. So I try to put business things. And sometimes I'm like, did I put a critical task on there? Or did I put a administrative task on there? You know, like that's where I kind of like overthink it a lot. And people I know that were doing those, you know, that, that phase two had the same challenge. So like I did some prospecting today, but was that administrative? You know, like it's, I don't know. That's the stuff that I, I'll overthink it, but as long as you're moving forward, I would say it's probably, I call it an actionable step. For for me, everything is this journey moving forward. Like, wasn't an actionable step forward towards your desired state? The answer is yes. Then it should be a suitable option for helping you move forward. That's awesome. So, Nick, this podcast is like about wealth building. And uh, what would you say is your general, you can be as general or specific as you like, what's your general philosophy on building wealth and financial freedom, like outside of your business? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, Venmo me, <laughs> cash app, just cash at me. A guy's over on Instagram. You send me a cash app. Um, look, you know, I've, 
I'm very lucky where I'm in some really cool circles of, of people who do very high level investment. And like, I'm here, this guy, like learning these things. And, um, you know, I'm at this point, like saving my cash. I have some investments that I invested in, but those are long-term investments. Like I'm fine for that money to sit there at some point, it will yield a return. And I'm confident in that. But for me, my major focus is, uh, after buying my first home, which should be happening here, uh, in the beginning of Q1 of 2023, just depends on what these interest rates are going to look like <laughs> and what the housing market looks like in Nashville, which has just been at this historic high for quite some time. Um, sure. but boating, everything goes well. I want to buy my first home that obviously is not an investment strategy, but after that, for me, I really want to get into like an investment of duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes in areas like Pittsburgh, Tennessee, you probably didn't know that existed. Like it's outside of Chattanooga and Chattanooga is like this blowing up area. That's Mecca. So like going into smaller unknown areas where, you know, there's going to be renters because there's a military base there. There's a college there. There's whatever. There's lots of sporting events there. So whatever the case might be, uh, you know, Amazon's there and they're about to move in a ton of people. You know, that's happening in Nashville all the time. So that for me, I can't tell you from experience, but that is my plan and what I want to get into. And then, you know, allowing my family, uh, my eventual wife to allow to run and operate those things. So it's like this, this family business that can be uh, something tangible. Cause at the end of the day, like you, you guys, we, we all know this, like they're, they're not printing any more real estate. And what we're seeing is, is very high level, massive investment companies coming into and buying up all the real estate and they're doing yeah. it like no one knows about it. So like, why are they doing that? And like, if all the big corporations own all the real estate guys, then like that happens to be a massive issue. It's going to drive prices up for everything. So like, you know, I'm not telling you when to buy or what to buy. That's just my little, uh, you know, opinion on the subject. And hopefully I'll be in a place here uh, in 2023 to start doing those things. Love that. No, I love that takeaway because again, it's sometimes I think you'll run into the issue is that they never get around to investing outside of the business. And the, the challenge with that is most businesses, the vast majority of businesses never sell. And the ones that do, they sell for a lot less than the owner was expecting. So um, I think that's a cool reminder that, you know, the asset classes outside of the business are yeah. I mean, if you want to sell your business, then create a amazing product. Rule number one, <laughs> like do that. Absolutely. Find the tech in order to support it, get it out there, increase your multiplier to sell your business and build the systems and processes of fulfillment. Love it. Well, this is, this has been extremely helpful and I think it's been a great information for everybody. If listeners want to learn more about you and your company, what is the best way for them to find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me personally. I would create a bunch of content on sales and just uh, a lot of NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, if you're interested in those topics. I teach a lot of high-ticket offer sales for nutrition coaches and fitness coaches as well. That is at Nick Ross Speaks. That's on Instagram. That is on TikTok. But you can also check out the company uh, that's owned by Jason Phillips. That's at Nutritional Coaching Institute, and we're on both platforms as well. Awesome. And we'll have the links to these in the show notes. Um, any other links that we talked about today that we need to? Oh, uh, yeah. You can also check out the podcast. So I'm throwing out all these links. But yeah, you can check out my podcast as well. It's called at Circle the W. So just like uh, like the verb, like you're circling a W on a, on a calendar for winning the day. Awesome. 
Yeah, we'll have, and again, for everyone listening, we'll have links to all these in the show notes and ways to find Nick. I also want to mention at The Rock. <laughs> Just joking. He's <laughs> like the most followed um, person on Instagram, I think. Is he? No, nah, maybe, cool. maybe close to it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate joining us today on Build Your Wealth Muscle. I really enjoyed it. Thank you as well. Thank you for joining us this week on Build Your Wealth Muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. For video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at the Pat Darby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.